Wow, good show today. Wouldn't you say? Good podcast? Yeah. Good podcast. Yeah, really fascinating times. Yeah. <laughs> it makes, makes the show easy. Yeah. This one is, uh, this one is, I, I don't even know how to describe it. We had two senators on today that I thought were fantastic. Um, and were just open and honest. And it was just like a real conversation, which doesn't happen with two politicians very often. Mm, that's very true. Right? Very true. Um, Stu and I also um, went down the, the rabbit hole of, um, is it Oliver Anthony or Anthony Oliver? It's Oliver Anthony. Why can you not remember his because name? Because he has two first names, and it's, it's not even his name. Anyway, um, we were talking about the lyrics, and, and Stu thinks that they're really depressing. And I, I agree with him, but I, I can see how many people feel that. Sure. Um, and that led us to something on Donald Trump and the election. We talk about this and so much more on today's podcast. Don't miss a second of it. Brought to you by Jace Medical. Jace Medical has their Jace case for antibiotics. Five of the most important antibiotics for emergency use. I am happy to announce they're also launching a new product called Jace Daily, a prescription supply service that allows you to get up to 12-month backup of all the medicines that you need, all the prescriptions that you need, cholesterol, diabetes, heart health, blood pressure, mental health. Stu needs morphine, I think, just but mainly only for this show. Um, the, the order is reviewed by a certified healthcare professional delivered right to your door. Um, Sean Rowland, I just talked to him. He founded Jace uh, Medical, and he said, being prepared medically is more than just having access to antibiotics, especially when you learn that all of your medications are all produced overseas. This is a disaster waiting to happen. Please protect your family from it. Jace Medical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com. Enter the promo code BECK and save. To the best of the Glenn Beck program. Oh my gosh, I am, I am so nervous about this new COVID vaccine, this new COVID-19. Do we have a vaccine yet? I don't think so, Glenn. It's on the way. It's on the way. To save the day. Wow. Mm -hmm. Now it's coming and it's coming fast and furious. In fact, it was uh, it was being produced before they announced this new vaccine, this new uh, version of uh, COVID-19, which is weird. But they've got it. And uh, if you just go get, I think this is the ninth booster now, isn't it? Uh, you're going to be able to, uh, you're going to be able to it. Now, this one has a scary name. Okay. This is really scary. This is not COVID anymore. It's not. No. It, this one is Eris. Eris. E R I S. Eris. Mm, is that another? Hmm. Why? Why is it Eris? Well, it's it's named uh, after the um, the god of um, strife mm-hmm. and discord. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's a goddess. Strife and discord. I'm glad you got the gender right. I didn't want you I to misgender. I, know. I, I, the, I, the I hate fake doing god. that to gods. I hate doing that to gods. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was so I was looking into it uh, today, and I thought, you know, somebody named it Eris. Uh, why Eris? Why do we name this one Eris? Is the E after the O? 
in the Greek alphabet? Do we know? No. No, it's not. My understanding sure? is no. Okay. All right. Because I think they just go like COVID and then om- Omicron. 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 Yeah. Omicron. It's been um, so how long it's been since we've talked about this. Yeah. You're, you're on to like transformer names. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> like the Autobots and the Omicrons. Well, they are. They mm-hmm. are. They are transformers. Mm-hmm. And this one is transformed <laughs> into something very, 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 very deadly. Now, I started looking into the name uh, of this uh, Greek goddess, the, the uh, one that causes strife, which in Greek mythology, strife is wholesome for men. Uh, she stirs the selfish, uh, the, the shiftless to toil. Okay. So, in other words, mm-hmm. strife is good because it, uh, it causes you to work, okay? Mm-hmm. Causes you to, you know, do, okay, well, all right, maybe, I guess. Why would, but, hmm. And then the discord she sows. Um, she is... Um, She's great. She has her her feet on the ground and her head in the heavens. So she knows what's best when she sows discord. Okay. Now, this is also uh, a goddess came from the 1950s, a couple of Americans who started the Discordian religion. Uh, and uh, this is from their... I guess their religious book. One day, Maltu asked Eris if she really created all those terrible things. She told him that she always had liked the old Greeks, but they can't be trusted with historic matters. Mm. <laughs> Suffice to say that Eris is not hateful or malicious, but she is mischievous. She does get, quote, a little bitchy at times. The story of Eris being snubbed and indirectly starting the Trojan War is recorded in blah, 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 referred to as the original snub. Mm. She's the goddess of disorder and being. Uh, Discordian Eris is looked upon as the foil to the preoccupation of Western philosophy in attempting to find order in the chaos of reality. She also is the bringer of chaos. Mm. Uh, let's see. Discordian Eris teaches us that only truth is chaos and that order and disorder are simply temporary filters applied to the lenses we view the chaos through. So the God of discord, AKA chaos. Huh? Sorry. Goddess. Her pronouns are her, she, me, it, God. Anyway, that's uh, fascinating. I, I have to say, I saw the story on the new COVID variant and did not even consider clicking on it. So yeah. I see, this is why we're a good team. You, uh, you did the investigation on this yeah. one. I did not. I just I, find it interesting. I'm going to yeah. do more investigation yeah, on this. I want to read some more on, on this, mm-hmm. but I find it I just find it fascinating because these names just don't come out. They're not spit right. out by a computer. Right. Now, they, you know when I mean? they were doing the Greek alphabet, okay, you're just, they're just labeling it by they're going in order, right? Yeah, That's what yeah, it yeah. seemed like. And now mm-hmm. all of a sudden they've just, I, I don't remember a story. I can't, maybe I just didn't click on it, but I don't remember a story about, hey, we're changing this to uh, uh, God names. We're, we're just, uh, we're right. going to switch this up. Uh, mytho- mythology. We're going into look, that look now. Look up Omicron or Krom or whatever Omicron, it was. Yeah, it was, it was. yeah, it was in the Greek alphabet, right? Yeah, it was, it's like, uh, I don't know, one, I don't know, 
mid midway through or so. Okay, but is it a Greek god or goddess? Oh, or? What is Omicron? Yeah. Where did it come from? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was just in the house. Omicron. I don't know. I don't remember. Again. I don't like, remember naming you, the diseases after Greek gods. No, I, they I've were, never they seen were definitely going. I mean, 100%, I'm sure they were going through the Greek alphabet. I mean, we, we remember sure. alpha, beta, gamma, uh, delta. Remember the delta variant? Yeah, like, and that's, we, that's not a god. That's just, that's, these are letters. Yeah, that's what epsilon it was. Epsilon would be E. Now, I don't remember them getting past the end. I mean, after, you know, you've got, I don't remember the omega variant. Do we have an omega variant? Did they no. get to the end? Maybe no. I just wasn't paying. Again, it's possible I wasn't paying close enough attention to this. Maybe they had all these variants and I, no. I missed it. But my understanding was the process was they only used a Greek alphabet letter when it became a, a variant of concern, which was some level of like, mm-hmm. okay, this is mm-hmm. going to blow up. I remember when the Omicron thing started, mm-hmm. it was in South mm-hmm. Africa, and it was like, hey, this one looks like it's going to make some noise. And it went through that process, and all of a sudden it was like, okay, this one's going to be everywhere. And then it was. Um, and they used Omicron. But I don't remember another... Since then, I don't remember another alphabet letter coming out as being a big variant of concern. I don't remember any of that. I don't either. Maybe it happened. Maybe it Mm -hmm. happened. Maybe, you know, maybe we got to Zeus and we're like, okay, (laughs) what are we going to do now? Got to start all over. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But I like, are you, maybe I'm in the minority here, but are you completely past reading news stories about COVID? Like, I'm totally past Oh, I'm it. only reading them because of their evil nature. Right, like, you're just talking about, I know you're interested in why is this named this. And, but yeah, like, I'm just, I mean, they always leave breadcrumbs. They always right. leave breadcrumbs. So when I saw Eris, I thought, what is, what is Eris? Looked it up. Oh, Greek god of discourse, chaos, uh, and uh, what was the other one? Strife. Mm. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I like that. I mean, I'm a good 18 months at least past mm. caring about COVID in any way. Other than the fact well, that like, I'm interested, not. like, hey, our response to it seemed like a little bit of a problem. Maybe we should make sure we don't do that again. That is the extent of my interest in COVID. Like, I, that is it. I, I don't have, I don't care about any of the other stuff. Like, this is the point, flu. We'll all be wiped out, I'm sure, and we'll all die in a, in a fiery COVID, fat, you know, crash of some sort. But I just, I, I am, I'm well beyond. Like, I saw there was a story today that there is a, a small college somewhere that's Atlanta. in Atlanta mm-hmm. who, that's re-implementing the masks. Mm-hmm. And it's like, can you imagine being on that staff? Like what are you ta- what are you talking about? We're putting masks on now. Maybe the cra- the college is so crazy that this is par for the course for them. But like you just think, wait, what what year are we in? Did we get a flux capacitor? What, what what's going on here? <laughs> like I, I like I, even the flux capacitor <laughs> seems outdated. <laughs> like the masks, yes, it does. <laughs> hey, like we're, we're we're going back to 1988. Yeah, what? <laughs> I just no. We're all we've we that was a thing, and it was, and now it's not a thing anymore. Yeah. And, and like, look, individuals are going to have to deal with this in the way that they do if you're a person who has risk and you see a new variant like maybe you should stay away from people for a little bit but like that's on you this is how it should have been from the beginning it's on you does anybody really actually think i mean is there anyone with the sound of my voice it's like oh i gotta get a mask i can't imagine i mean i would think if i was like let's say you had a an immune a real serious immune problem if i'm really you're seeing this pop up again you might think to yourself you know what i'm not going to that concert 
You know, I'm gonna stay. Yeah. I'm gonna stay away. I'm gonna. I'm not going to that indoor meeting where everyone's going to be talking that I was thinking about. I might consider that if I was really vulnerable. I only have like but, one eleventh of a lung left from right. lung cancer. Then, yeah, I, seriously, then, yeah, yeah. Then like, I'm like, I'm not going. That's the type of level I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, if you are really vulnerable, and like I get COVID and I could absolutely die from it. And look, people, look, this is. Something that is real still, like people are still dying from the complications of this. It does happen. It's just, well, it's I not a that- societal interest and individual interest are two different things. And when you talk about societal interest, you're talking about some large policy that covers millions and millions of people. That's different than a decision you make for yourself. So, Stu, uh, we do know that hospitalizations are up 60%. Yeah, from what? Hmm? 60% from the well, lowest we've ever know, had. Just 60%. Right. Like you, that's, okay. this <laughs> I mean, is, like should 60, I bring in the, uh, the relative versus absolute <laughs> risk police squad here to, to say every time you hear a number like that, ask yourself, is this relative or absolute risk? It's an incredibly important question. And when it's relative risk, most of the time it means nothing. Hey, it went from 0.1 to 0.3. That's a ma- That's tripled. What what tripled means what in this scenario? A very small risk has gotten slightly larger. That means nothing to most people. And what is the other one? Uh, Absolute risk. If you have a 30% chance of dying, that's a real important thing to know. If you have a 30% increase, an increase of what? That's a relative risk question. And when you have a relative risk question, it's it's usually it's a scare tactic by the media to look at some, you know, Slight increase under a small subpopulation to terrify you on the news. All I know is the federal government has started purchasing COVID-19 equipment and hiring advisors on safety protocols. This is already happening. Department of Defense. Millions of taxpayer funds being used to purchase COVID-19 equipment, such as test kits. Some of the contracts, which are traceable via the federal government spending database, scheduled to begin next month. Or October. And uh, we're just spending money hand over fist because we know we're going to need this to fight the flu. Now, this is what this is. They say, oh, it's, it's much more aggressive. It's much more aggressive. It spreads so much easier. Of course it does. That's what happens over time. It becomes less deadly and more virile. That's what happens. That's why we have the flu. The flu we have today, the one they change for every year, is just like is this is a, a variant of the Spanish flu. We don't all freak out every year, right? And, and, and that's I look. Uh, I think that's where most people are. I, I think that the media is going to make their big deal of this. Some people will lose their mind, I'm sure. But oh, the yeah. bottom line is, like, COVID was a totally different scenario when none of us had any immunity to it. Every person in the country has some level of immunity to it, basically, at this point, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So once you get to that point, your body has an ability to fight back. It doesn't mean it always wins, but it didn't always win against the flu either. It turns into something that we can actually deal with. Well, take it from a grandma killer, I guess, or you, <laughs> or you can listen to the guy who's been on the Maui situation from day one. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. My father said, if we lie to one another, we don't have a family. And so, you know, honesty is always the best policy. Uh, So let me just 
let me come out from behind this throne of lies on which I sit and tell you that I haven't really been following the Senator Tommy Tuberville thing. Uh, I, I said in a meeting last week with my producers, I think this is good, right? I mean, I know that he's trying to stop the money going to the military for abortions, or is he just asking for clarification? I'm not sure, but I know the left is really pissed off at him, and that kind of makes me happy. Uh, and and it looks like it is. I'm like I can't say it's successful because we don't have an ending to it yet. But this is the first time I've seen somebody do something like this and just not get a brick thrown at their head by everybody. And so I wanted Tommy to come on and I apologize, but I'm I'm watching other things uh, and just explain where we are in this campaign. Senator, how are you, sir? Good morning, Glenn. And don't worry about that. There's a lot of important things going on. I know. And this in the world. And not to say that yeah. this isn't. I just haven't I just haven't it's constantly on my radar, but over off on a corner. And I keep hearing about it. And I think it's been going on for like a year, hasn't it? Well, it started about it started in July last year. I heard they were going to change the military uh, abortion policy, which was passed in 1985 by the Democrats and Joe Biden, that you can only do abortion in the military by, uh, because of the three exceptions. And I heard they were going to change that after Roe Wade. They want to put everybody that's a federal employee on some kind of abortion policy. And and uh, so it took me about four months, Glenn, to get a briefing. I got a briefing, and then I told Secretary Austin, no, no, no. No, we're not going to charge the American taxpayers for travel, for abortion, for military. That's not going to happen. If you do that, I'm going to hold your generals and admirals. Well, two months later, in uh, February of this year, so I guess it's been about seven months, uh, I put a hold. And that's the only power, Glenn, as a senator. If you're in the minority, that's really right. the only power that you have. And so I put a hold on. And, uh, Good for you. And they've, they've came after me, but uh, I'm not changing my yeah. mind. Uh, I mean, I'm right. I'm right. So, you know, it's, what's crazy here is that, you know, we have, I think we have 44 four-star generals right now. In World exactly. War II, we had seven. Seven. Exactly. I mean, what the hell? Who's printing up four-star generals? Why do we need all of these? I mean, I have no problem with something like this. And I, I, it's clear that nobody doing anything knows this is a losing battle for their side. You, uh, nobody's going to say, oh, you know what? We need to promote those guys. I have no problem with promotions, but not if you're out of control, completely out of control. Yeah, for, well, for your audience, here's what happens. Uh, they bring the general admirals and, uh, to the floor, not, basically not to the floor. They do We do it off the floor. And we confirm three or 400 at a time. And uh, instead of voting on them individually, to, now to me, generals and admirals are very important. Obviously, we need to understand whether they can do the job or not do the job. As you said, we had seven back in World War II, now 44, and rising. Uh, the Pentagon is, is bulging at the seams. Uh, they're all driving around in black SUVs. And, and you got to remember this, too, Glenn. Uh, it, a, a general, a four-star, basically has a budget uh, and people working around him of five, six hundred million a year. Oh, my gosh. A year. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And, and so uh, uh, the Joint Chiefs of Staff chairman, for instance, 
uh, Mark Milley, who it is right now, his budget is something like $300 million and has 4,600 employees. What the heck uh, do we need that many people working for uh, the Joint Chiefs of Staff? It, it's, it makes no sense. We need war fighters. You know, listen, I'm a military person, and I hate I'm doing this. My dad died on active duty. He was career military. Uh, I was a military brat. Uh, you know, we traveled, and, and uh, you know, there's nothing more important, Glenn, in our country than a great military. But let me tell you something. We are headed south. The whole country is headed south. But if we lose our military and, and our spot in world uh, national security, it's going to be over for us. Well, I think, we, I, I think we're headed that direction with what we're doing in um, Ukraine. I, with these people in the Pentagon, I have, I mean, I, I'm sure you saw what Mark Milley said yesterday. Okay, so we had a handful of drag queen shows. That doesn't mean we went woke. Uh, I have a problem with the first part of that sentence. Okay, we had a, a handful of drag queen shows. What the, I mean, what are they concentrating on? Yeah. Well, Glenn, I'll tell you, I've taken, I've had the opportunity now to, to look at all these generals and admirals and we started in February with one, then it went to 10, then 50, then 75. We're up to 300 now, and it'll, it'll probably be closer to 600 at the end of the year. Now, again, telling the people out there, listen, I am I cannot hold these people up. They can bring them to the floor one at a time and confirm them. I can't do that, but I can hold all of them being said, okay, we're just going to pass you on by. That's what I'm doing. So Schumer, he didn't want to bring it to the floor because he will admit guilt uh, bringing them one at a time. But the thing, the thing about about all this is just absolutely amazing. Uh, after looking at each one of these generals and admirals, how woke a lot of these people are. I mean, the things that they teach and that they want to teach. I mean, we, we, as I tell General Austin and Millie in hearings, face to face, out in public, we don't need to educate our young men and women in the military in terms of anything but a killing machine, because people have to fear us and they don't fear us right now because all we're doing is we're teaching dei this wokeism drag queens uh now a lot of these uh, uh so-called young men or women are getting in the military so they can have their transition paid for by the taxpayers what in the hell are we doing so what is your hope that i mean if we're passing them one by one are you hoping that the Americans will eventually do what I did and go, what is this really all about? What are we doing here? Yeah. And well, I want to be brought to the floor where all my colleagues, not just on the left, but also on the right, look at this person that we're confirming going, wait a minute. Uh, look at the books that this, this person has, has, has written or look at the things that they've taught uh, in, as a one star or a two star. Uh, again, we've got to get back to having more people. That, the people that actually do the war fighting are the, are the second lieutenants, the captains, the sergeants, uh, the people that train these people. It's not the generals and the admirals. These are politicians. That's all they are. And I, I was hoping when I got to D.C. three years ago that I wouldn't recognize that, uh, that, that our, actually our military was, was bipartisan. It wasn't politics. It was all about Hey, protecting the United States and its allies, that, we're far from that. I mean, it, this is it's just going, we're going overboard. And this Ukraine war has just, just brought more out. And I haven't voted for a dime for Ukraine. Now, listen, I hope they win. I was in Ukraine three months before this started. And Zelensky looked me in the eye and says, the only way we can stop this is if y'all give us weapons and put on and let 
and let uh, Putin see what that you're going to back us. Well, of course, he, we didn't do that. Joe Biden was asleep at the wheel. He had a two minute conversation with Putin. And look how many hundreds of thousands of people that uh, Joe Biden has gotten killed uh, because of this. And uh, I, I hate it for the Ukrainian people. And I've said this, uh, and I've, I've taken a lot of flack for it. It's kind of like a junior high playing against a college football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't win. I don't. I don't care what we give them unless we go over there and help them fight. Uh, we they can't win, and we're not going to do that on my watch. Hopefully, I don't. I don't know whether I could stop it or not, but I'll be uh, outspoken about it. Well, but, I will. Uh, I will tell you this. I know there's a ton of people that feel like I do. Uh, you draft my son. My son, I, I'm personally moving him, well, not to Canada. I don't know, someplace uh, away from the reach of the military. I will not support, I will not let my family, my children support a war with, in Ukraine with Russia. We have no reason to be there. We have funneled so much money, and I believe, I believe probably at least 50% of that has gone into dark money. It's just gone. Uh, no, thanks. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Yeah. Well, what you, what your audience ought to understand, too, is, you know, if when there's a national disaster, you know the next thing that's going to happen is we're, the national disaster is going to get very little money. A lot of money is going to go to Ukraine. The problem that, that, that people don't understand is we don't have anything to sell them right now. We don't have anything to give them because we're out. Even Joe Biden said we're out of munitions. Well, no kidding. I mean, they've been shooting them at a at, as fast as they possibly can because they don't have the people. Uh, they don't have the people that Russia's got. And so uh, the money that we're sending now is going up to prop their prop up their government and prop up their uh, pension system, uh, going going in to keep their so uh, uh, the country going because they, they don't have an economy right now. Uh, it, it, we they are the 51st state of the United States, and we're sending all that money there. And when we're imploding within our borders, uh, the things that are going on in our country, which is in year in my lifetime, Glenn, it's the worst you and I have ever seen, and it's getting worse. Do you are you hopeful? Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful because I believe in this country. You and I had an opportunity to grow up in something that was very special after World War II, the, the growth and the building of our country. And, and uh, but, you know, since the 90s and Clinton's NAFTA and all that, we've sent all of our manufacturing out. I've seen our education, and I talked to you before about the, our education system's turned into yeah. not an educational institution. It's, it's turned into a social institution. Yeah, it's indoctrination. And, uh, yeah, exactly. And it's just, um, it's sad to see it go this direction. Uh, do we have to go to the bottom before we find out that uh, the direction that we're heading? I hope not. Uh, I, I, I just think that and would hope and pray that there would be enough good people in this country to step up and, and say, even on the left side. And I know there's people on the left, and I've talked to them about it, uh, senators every, all the time. You can't believe this. You can't believe uh, what we're doing at the borders, right? You can't do that. I mean, and, and, and again, it all goes back to politics. My God, stand up for your country. This is not about Republican, Democrat anymore. This is about Americans versus anti-Americans. They want to change this country into something that's not. You can't, Glenn, you can't run a, a world, not just our country, a world without fossil fuels. It is impossible. But these clowns are trying to convince people about this climate hoax that we've got to do this. But we're going to implode. No, we're going to implode because we're not going to have the facilities or the things to do to keep up this country and keep this world going. It has been uh, good to talk to you. Thank you so much. 
Um, I appreciate all that you're doing and let us know how we can help. All right, Glenn. Stay tuned. Thank you. Appreciate it. Senator uh, Tommy Tuberville from Alabama. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Tomorrow night, the first Republican debate of the 2024 presidential primary season. Blaze TV is going to give you the coverage that you need. We're going to start uh, with uh, Sarah Gonzalez, Stu, Dave Landau, Steve Dace. I'll be there as well tomorrow evening to provide live coverage. We're doing a pre-show, so you can get that right before the debate, and then post-debate analysis. Of course, now Fox won't let anybody take any sound of it or anything, so... We're just going to be online. Uh, we're going to be during the debate. We'll be uh, using the Blaze TV chat. So join us tomorrow for Blaze TV's coverage of the debate. So we've been talking about this song uh, and uh, and what it means. And I think Stu and I are at the same place that there are a lot of people that are feeling this way and they are blaming the government for things but the government can make you neither happy nor sad uh you know i hate to you know man's search for meaning but that is true and as a recovering alcoholic i know it to be true you think that it's all of these other problems that are getting in your way and so you drink more and then it's these other problems and you drink more and it's none of those things it's that you have a what some would describe as a God-shaped hole in you. And more and more people have this hole in them that they try to fill with fame or fortune or, you know, likes, follows, all of this crap that our kids, the world is empty and meaningless because we don't have something bigger than ourselves. That's why the left is using climate change and everything else. But you'll see all these people who have grown out of that climate change era of their life. They're all finding it empty in the end because it is. It is. You have to have something bigger than yourself. And uh, and everything we do now is about politics, fame or fortune. And that's not the country. That's us. That's not the politicians. That's us. The politicians aren't over turning my phone on and pressing the, you know, Instagram or TikTok app in my hand. We do. We do. Yeah, it just feels like we're kind of on a search for something. Man's search for meaning. Yeah. I mean, we really are. That's that's really happening. I have a friend I've been talking to lately. He's said, you know, I think people are searching for purpose. Yeah, and it's true. Yeah. And I don't think we don't know who to trust and where to find that larger meaning these days. Um, did you see that poll out from uh, yeah. who did it about it was CBS? Uh, I think CBS. Yeah. yeah, this is we were talking about this earlier um, and Stu asked me a question on this. So let's just play this play this back here on, on yeah. what the poll said. The poll was uh, who do you trust to tell you the truth? Now, think about that. Who do you trust to tell the truth? Yeah. Now, is this, were these answers prompted? Uh, that's a good question. I didn't try. I, th- 
I think it was. I think there were options. A list. Yeah, okay. options. Okay. So who do you trust? And the the uh, they gave a few options. Uh, and the number. Uh, this was of Trump voters. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and they asked, who do you trust? And they said, number one was D- Donald Trump, 71%. The other options, though, weren't like Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah. The other options were friends and family, which was second at 63%. Except if you think of your friends and family, at least I do, mm-hmm. I think of all my friends and family, mm-hmm. ones that I right, don't so believe have it down. They're, they are not paying attention. Sure. You know what I mean, yeah. Then you have conservative media figures at 56%. And religious leaders at 42%. Wow. And like, take, everyone gets so focused, and the media did this constantly. Oh, Trump, 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 Trump. Take Trump out of this for a second. Put any politician in that position. Mm -hmm. Like, it's upside down if the the person you tell, that you think is going to tell you the truth is a politician, right? Or any, any person in that position, if it's, you know, religious leaders, for example, you should be near the top of that list or why are you going why are you bothering blowing up your Sundays and not watching more NFL football if you don't trust your own religious leaders right you, there's no reason to go to church maybe you should find a different church friends you could choose them maybe find ones that you actually like and trust because you know look any politician should not be in the role of ultimate trust and that's certainly but the see, reverse of where we were as a country at one point okay he has earned his trust in a very strange way in a way i've never seen anybody earn it before he he doesn't always tell the truth and he knows that i mean it's not like he's he's not he is a storyteller and he it's like when people said don't take him literally take him seriously so when he said, let's say, for instance, for instance, that you'll never convince me he did not believe he lost that election. He, yeah, or, he, yeah. he believes he won. He won. Mm-hmm. No way, shape or form at no time has that even crossed his mind that he lost that or lost it fair and square. So when he was on the phone call, you can look at it many different ways. He's on the phone call in Georgia and he's like, look, we have. 10,000 here. We have 25,000 votes that I think are missing here. We have 50,000. You, all you have to do is find 11 and it changes everything. And that is the context of the call. Correct. To be He's fair. not saying go make up 11,000. He's saying all you, ha- you don't have to do all 150,000 or whatever number he's presenting. And I don't think he knew the truth that there were 150. It's what he had been informed on and suspected, et cetera, et cetera. And so he was throwing that out. You have to take him for what is he saying? He's saying the votes are not all in. All of those votes that should have been counted or all of those votes that shouldn't have been counted, there's a problem here. So go find what the truth is. Yeah, that's what he's saying. And I think like there's a million examples of this, but like he obviously isn't always telling the truth. And you can know that because he says the exact opposite things for a very specific reason. For example, I'm going to annihilate North Korea and Kim Jong-un. Uh, Correct. Missiles are about to fire. And then Correct. a week later, Kim Jong-un's a great friend. 
We know those two things aren't true at the same time. But they're not lies. They're They're negotiation. It's a negotiation tactic. Like He's intentionally saying what he thinks will bring him to the next best op, uh, option down the road whatever they, whatever he thinks will advance his particular situation he's thinking at, at that moment so because he's a negotiator right he talks about this in his book here's how he gained his credibility and i've never seen anybody gain it this way before he gained it because he did some really big things when he was president really mm-hmm. big sure that i'm not sure any other republican would have done jerusalem comes up yeah to yeah. the top of the mind he did a lot of those things so he gained credibility on like hey you did that you did that. Now, where's the rest of this when you would say, how many people? What is it? 70%? 71%. Wow, that's high. But they're Trump supporters. Yep. Who do you trust? The reason why I think people trust him is because he's earned it by his enemies. Yeah. They feel uh, as though he is. The right people hate him. The right people hate him. Not just hate him. They've done everything they can to destroy him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only two reasons you would keep fighting at this point. Either you believe it in your soul, or you just can't let go. And I think both of those are true. Both of those are true with Donald Trump. There's, you're not, you don't have anything to gain here. What do you have to gain? Yeah, because he probably isn't charged with all these crimes if he's not running. I mean, I think no. that's. I think if it's he would have said, "I'm out," I'm done. No way. No, he's, no they way. wouldn't have bothered. Right. I mean, they, they went those two years, almost giving him an option. Hey, don't run, and maybe this won't happen. So here's the important thing: I have always said that I really just didn't believe. I thought that putting Donald Trump in jail is the icing on the cake. Okay, they need to bring Donald Trump down to Biden's corruption level. Okay, so when you have Biden being charged with all these things and you have his main competitor not charged with anything, it's pretty easy, pretty easy to see good guy, bad guy. But if they flood the system with this guy's a criminal needs to go to jail. Now you've brought Donald Trump or the opposing guy down to the same level where they're leveling the same charges back and forth. Mm -hmm. That's what they're doing. And I've never really thought, I thought it was just icing on the cake. If he actually does go to jail. Until, Stu, we were talking about this poll, and you said what? Yeah, I was talking about how, okay, 71% of people, and they trust him more than their you know, friends and family and, and, and their religious leaders. How do you beat a guy like that? Like, you can beat up on DeSantis's campaign and say it hasn't been perfect, but, like, is someone like that beatable at all? No. Right? Really difficult to beat someone who's trusted like that. And then I said, and what happens to America... When they put that guy who's trusted at that level in prison. And that's the question that made me change my mind. I know exactly what happens when you put a guy like that in prison. You have chaos. And chaos is all they care about. Simply chaos. Let's end this podcast where we started this podcast. I told you that there's new COVID, um, new COVID vaccines on the way. They're talking about maybe we should lock down schools. There's a school in Atlanta that's starting to do it. Yada, 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 yada. And I've heard all of this and you've heard all of this. But the one thing I hadn't heard uh, was the explanation of the name 
of this particular uh, line of COVID. Was it Eris? Which is uh, from mythology, the the god of goddess. So it is Eris, the goddess of of. Hang on, just a second. I wrote it down. Strife, discord, and chaos. What did I say twenty years ago? When we enter these times, it's always going to be about chaos chaos will be the operative word everything will be about chaos they name this covid uh, this covid strain after the god of chaos they want to put him in jail you damn right they do why because it will cause chaos The author of all lies and author of all chaos. We know who that is. Take your stuff and get as far away from chaos as you possibly can. Then stand because it will grow and it will sweep everywhere unless we stand and stand together. Na, na, na.